few guys are really us. What number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Looks like we made it. <laughs> That's right, folks. We are at the greatest episode the of all time. The episode. nicest episode of all time. <laughs> and by that, we mean this was a slog. This <laughs> yeah. was a slog of a week. The best of intentions went into it. So we wanted to set about right from the beginning. If we made it to episode 69, nice, we would try to do a very nice episode and... <laughs> That kind of evolved a lot on us, didn't it? Yeah, a lot of uh, seemingly appropriate movies are not so nice. And it's like, we've talked about horniness on this show a lot. And it's like, okay, well, I don't know. (laughs) No, we really have. Um, So what can we do that's special or unique? And so we kept coming to these different ideas. Like originally we wanted to do an episode called What the Actual Fuck, in which we just pick the movies with the weirdest sex. And then uh, after watching some of these, we realized we ran into a lot of sexploitation movies. And we also started up the Spank Bank Think Tank. And then on top of that, there's the blend of porn and horror as a thing. And so there's just so much to do. And I realized in the doing of this that we accidentally did a sort of like waiting for Fidel kind of thing. Like that (laughs) Canadian documentary from way back where the whole documentary is the crew going to Cuba to get an interview with Fidel Castro that they never get. The movie ends with their infighting and the collapse of their movie. And the movie is about the failure of the movie. Shit. And I realized that it's not so much the destination, <laughs> but it's the journey. And the to friends make... you make along the way. Yeah, for the perfect episode 69. <laughs> so we hope you enjoy our survey of... Trying to be horny on Maine in a way that just fills you with dread and existentialism (laughs) and, you know, like, you question a lot of things. And I feel like this kind of just sums up the contemporary moment of, like, post-horniness. Yeah, totally. Maybe we should uh, preface this a bit where it's just, like, I love these movies, and especially movies like Hell Comes to Frogtown that get extra horny. Like, they're so funny, but that's just it. They're funny. It's so hard to take it seriously. Like, mm-hmm. at this point, I agree wholeheartedly with John Waters when he said hardcore porn just looks like open heart surgery. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know, the will it's is off-putting. gone. It's just, like, yeah. Like, it's like, I almost enjoy the spectacle of them as pieces of exploitation than mm-hmm. by what they're designed to be. And it's like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> Am I the one who's dead inside? Well, yes, but... <laughs> I think this helped kill us along the way. I don't know. So Growing up surrounded by it. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we would talk about when we watch slasher movies, it must be exhausting to be that horny all the time. <laughs> Looking at you, Shredder. Um, <laughs> but, in uh, trying to figure out the perfect episode, we had a stack that kept growing and changing. Because we always put together a stack for the week's episodes. 
and uh, we'll watch through them in whatever order we deem best, sometimes chronological, sometimes what do we feel like watching kind of thing. And uh, yeah, there's probably only one movie that stayed constant from the start (laughs) to the finish. Mm -hmm. Uh, But first, one movie that entered right when we were about to record this was 1979's Caligula. (laughs) I figured that a good way to start this journey into horniness would be to pick the most notorious how-did-this-get-made example of horny cinema. <laughs> Start with a history lesson. History lesson. quite something. Caligula from 1979 is a big sword-and-sandal Roman epic kind of movie. We're talking Spartacus, Ben-Hur kind of, let's get it, but more historical and all that. Mm-hmm. The catch is it was produced by Bob Cuccione, I think? I can't remember his last name. Yeah. The guy who owns Penthouse... <laughs> He runs Penthouse, or he is a big major player in Penthouse, is like, I'm going to produce this epic movie, and he's going to hire t- horny director Tinto Brass to, uh, <laughs> to do it. And it's weird, because it's approached like a historical thing, like, who the fuck is in this movie? You've got Malcolm McDowell, you've got Peter O'Toole, you've got Helen, Helen Mirren. Mirren, yeah, like, there's some big the- names, like some some classically trained, well-respected actors. Mm-hmm. But then since it's the penthouse guy, there's and since also... It's Tinto Brass. There's also tons of softcore porn, but all these inserts of hardcore porn. Yep. And so Lots. you get to see Peter O'Toole splashing around in a sauna with leprosy all over his face, and Caligula's ordering all the people, as, setting themselves to jump in the water with the leper guy and make some, like, skin soup. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the weirdest orgy ever, where people are on dick swings and stuff like that. Yep. And, and then, you know, I'm thinking of, like, they just couldn't hold it at sexploitation. They're like, now we need some full penetration in there. And yeah. so you get this weird blend of historical epic drama because there's big sets, less costumes. The movie's like three fucking hours <laughs> long. And there's porn mm-hmm. in the mix. And it's like just when the political intrigue is getting interesting, they cut to porn. And just yeah. when the porn is finally getting bonkers enough, they cut back to his drama politicalism. And it's just, I don't know what the fuck. It's a fucking fuck. mess. It's a mess is probably the best way to describe it. We did not make it all the way through this movie. We got, what, like a third yeah. of the way? I've seen the whole thing before. Um, I haven't. And I don't care to. Yeah, no, that that was kind of the impression I was getting. So it's just like, let's just cut our losses. Yeah, I was, I was like... This story in going behind it where they, they, yeah, they cut in the porn and then they have to do the ADR after and the actors are like refusing unless they remove the porn. So they remove the porn, record all the ADR, got all that done. And then they just put the porn back in. Yep. Amazing. (laughs) Just stuff like that. So good. And then you go and watch the thing. You're like, ah, I should have just like let this like live up in my head. I would watch a three hour documentary about the making of Caligula. That would be so much more interesting. Before I want to watch Caligula. Absolutely. Like that documentary actually sounds fucking dope. Maybe we can kickstart it. Yeah. Um, That sounds amazing. But that's not the movie we get. No. Parts of it, I was starting to get into like when we get to some of the assassination stuff and all that, I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of enjoying this plot. And then all of a sudden it's just like, let me pet my leopard cub while we have incest. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that took a turn. Mm hmm. I don't think that this movie's as bad as Roger Ebert gave it, but then again, he famously gave up partway through and said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen. I gave up partway through and thought it was the most boring thing I'd ever seen. Exactly. Yeah, same. So our journey, our first four. I mean, porn's pretty fucking boring, I will say. Like, yeah. I just, I remember, like, watching, for that class, that sex on screen class we took, and, like, 
it's a good thing I was, like, already there at school watching fucking Deep Throat, because I'm sitting yeah. there, and I was like, this is so fucking boring. The only thing, I was gonna say, Deep Throat at least had comedy to it. Yes. Like, at least there were jokes to keep me Yeah, amused. but then you'd have, like, a ten-minute fucking scene, I'm just like, I'm yeah. so bored, like, can something happen, please? Yeah. <laughs> to advance the plot. This is just... Yeah, I just, it's just, it's boring, man. And it's one of those things where it's not so much like a pearl clutching, I don't want to nope. see it kind of thing. Like, for example, the porn inserts in, say, Antichrist, it didn't bother no. me. Because it's like the movie's not about that. No. It's there. It's just there. But there's actually a movie constructed. There is. There's actually a story. It. There's actually something happening yeah. that's getting my interest. But when it's just people, yeah, this open heart surgery thing, I'm like, yeah. what is this? Like, this is so fucking boring. I'm just so desensitized and just so fucking numb inside and dead. I wonder how much of the problem there is uh, following so many porn people on Twitter, where <laughs> it's just like, we're here for their funny comments, and it's like, oh, on the timeline, there's some fucking porn going on. Scroll past it, scroll past it. Oh, there's more porn. Scroll past it, scroll past it. I have made a it. point to mute the most the stuff that like even i'm just like nope like certain certain words you just mute. yeah like i like the word like, gape, gape. <laughs> is, the word gape, gape is muted the word like triple anal is muted and one thing i like that a lot of them are doing now is i love how you're showing your hand at who you're following <laughs> <laughs> because they're hilarious people with amazing politics but they do some stuff that i'm like hey makes it happy cool make some good money from it good for you i don't want to see that shit it just reminds me of a dirty shame when uh, Johnny Knoxville <laughs> is like, can't get a boner. he's been dosed, so he can't get a boner. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to think of all these sex acts to get him, like, hard again, basically. He's right. That is something that I've muted as well. Like, every term I could think of for blossoms. blossoms. Don't want them. Yeah. yeah, I just love that one. It's just like, what about a rusty trombone? Like, I've been doing that since the Reagan administration. <laughs> and he's just saying all these things. It's like, blossoms, don't want them. Don't em. want them. Yeah, no, I've, I've muted prolapse. I Like, there are so many things that, like... I'm just like, never. I never want to see that shit. But what, one thing I like that a lot of them are doing is I think they've realized that a lot of people are following them for, like, activism around, like, sex work, mm-hmm. decriminalization and stuff. And so they are making separate not-safe-for-work accounts. Right. And so they're like, okay, if you want to see my nudes and, like, previews, go follow this account. Mm-hmm. This is safe for work now. And it's like, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Much so, appreciated. Yeah. So Khalil is one of those ones where I think the person in me who loves controversial cinema mm. and just, like, wants to absorb much of this, like, how did it get made kind of bat shittery or the, those kind of movies really appreciates that it exists. Yes. Um, but as a watch, like, I think if this was my first time watch, I probably would have powered through to the end. Fair. But... You know the payoff was not I had already seen either. it, so I was just <laughs> like, you clearly are not interested. Let's yeah. just cut our losses. So we kind of failed before we really got started. But... You know, Can you blame us? You can't keep a good podcaster down, I guess. <laughs> uh, we, decided, <laughs> we kept trying. We, we got knocked down and we got again. back up again. Yep, we sure did. <laughs> we we thumped, we thumped that tub. <laughs> so we decided to, to switch tact. And it was like, alright, let's introduce maybe a movie that's about sex and really uses sex as like an interesting plot point, but perhaps is more engaging or something we're actually interested in. Maybe like, not so gratuitous. And yeah, because just there for the sake of it. It's funny. I'm like super pro sex and love how sex comes up in these movies and how it can like feature into characters and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to actual like just straight up fucking stuff, it's like I'm so bored. Mm. You know. Um, but we decided to do a movie that used it in a way that sounded like a lot of fun. And we watched 2018's Knife and Heart. 
Now, when I read the premise of this as being a giallo about a lesbian making third-rate gay porn, mm. and then a killer is showing up in this scene and offing people in the cast in very giallo style, I knew I had to see this fucking yeah, Sign movie. me the fuck up. Um, there's something about this that I just want to nip in the bud before anyone complains. Uh, there is a lot of pushback against queer people, LGBT people being killed in movies. Mm -hmm. And I understand why. It's so gross when your one bit of representation is always, like, the first to die, or they can't have good things. There's nothing happy about it. There's often homophobia tied into it. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the concept of fridging lesbians Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Tragic lesbians. Yeah, it's like, I get that. But at the same time... I don't think that quite applies when your whole cast is queer and yes. you're doing a, a Jello slash slasher movie. It's like, yeah, queer people die in this movie, but that's because there's no fucking straight people in this movie and it's exactly. a horror movie. Exactly. Exactly. So it's one of those things where, like, I wasn't really bothered. There was one that made me go, oh, yeah. I won't spoil it, but it made, it bummed me out a little bit because I was hoping for. I was hoping for survival, but it was more because I was invested mm-hmm. than it was it felt cheap because yeah. it, it works well within the plot. Exactly. What what is the this is we watched all of this and we quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Um what what have we got here? What's the plot with this? Yeah, we have um like you mentioned, there's a there's this little sort of porno house collective. I don't even know what to call them. They reminded me a little bit of, like, a more above-board version of the porno gang from Life and Death of a Porno yeah, Gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're making their um, nudie flicks, and they, and, like, gay porn specifically. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you have this their gay porn is so low rent. Yeah. It is, and it, which makes it kind of great because... Oh, I love it. It felt like a John Waters movie. It did, yeah, yeah. it really did. Yeah, one by one, people start getting picked off, and the first person who gets murdered in a very, um, it seemed like a kind of homage to cruising. It's so much like in the, cruising. In, like in the, yeah. the opening scene, yeah. Yeah. Which I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Well, the the poll quote on the front that I showed you to, like, on the front of the case to, to really sell you on this, what, what was it? It was just, like, if... Argento, De Palma, and Kenneth Anger yeah. teamed up to remake Cruising. Well, I don't know. I think if they had a threesome that produced a baby. Yeah. Oh, okay. But then they, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it said. But I think it, uh, another one's thinking about like Argento by way of Cruising, oh, and okay. it was like. I thought it was something. I thought it was something really kind of hilariously crass. But like, if they had a threesome that produced offspring, and it was a movie, and it would this be is this. This, <laughs> yeah. this movie. So um, the parallels to cruising, which we covered at an earlier episode, mm-hmm. are very plain as day. We have the character tied down to the bed, face down. And they consensually get tied up by someone they meet in the club. Yeah, and it's like a gay bar underground kind of thing where mm-hmm. they meet. Um, and then it turns into a murder. Yeah, when they're at their most vulnerable. Pretty brutal murder. And that's yeah, exactly like cruising mm-hmm. in jalo fashion yes the character is wearing that gimp mask that's yeah. not even quite a gimp mask but i think that's probably why he got away with wearing it in the the fetish club right uh and the weapon first off the oh black glove clad killer so yes. it that has the, the hallmarks of a jolly um a jolly jesus christ <laughs> i speak italian <laughs> um but what's the weapon the weapon is a fucking dildo with, like, a switchblade in it. Yeah. Like, wow. Can you believe it? 
It's uh, like I've ever seen. That. I was just like, no, they did not. Like when he reaches down his pants to pull his dick out, and out comes his dildo, and the guy's just like, oh hell yeah, and then presses the button, and, the and, plate. and you're like, oh no, yeah, oh no, and um, it's disturbing. It really it's absolutely is. disturbing, but it's so in line with the theme of this movie, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so in line with these uh, with some of my favorite Jolly, where the hook is often like how the murders are carried out. Like for mm-hmm. example, I think of. Uh, one of my favorites that kind of gets shit on a lot, but I really dig it, uh, Black Belly of the Tarantula, where it's someone's copying the tarantula wasp, mm. or the tarantula hawk wasp, Ugh. which is the one where it's this type of wasp that it has a venom venom that paralyzes tarantulas, and right. then it lays its eggs in the tarantula, and oh, then okay. the baby wasp bursts out and eat it. Yeah. And like it sounds horrible, right? But we have this killer who's paralyzing the victims with a pin before gunning them, mm. kind of thing. And like the whole thing is on the hinge of like, the theme of the movie and all these clues and the spider element and all that stuff are mm-hmm. tied to how the murders are carried out. Like also how uh, the killer has a spiked gauntlet in Death Walks at Midnight, which right. we did cover. Yeah. So I feel like this very much keeps in line with the themes of the movie and in lines with the way Jalo films, Jolly can sort of hinge themselves on a specific image or weapon or idea. Mm-hmm. Or theme or just really convoluted plot point. Yeah. <laughs> and they commit... What's interesting is this one was actually pretty straightforward. That's for true. A jolly, it, it, it was for Jalo, but it, it hits a lot of the marks that a Jalo mm-hmm. needs to hit. Yeah, like the killer leaving behind this strange signature at some of the crime mm-hmm. scenes, and you go and you look it up, and it's this surprisingly specific bird feather. It's funny that that kind of reminded me of Bird with a Crystal. Plumage. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if that was very much by design. Totally. Oh, and when we keep calling this a giallo, um, this is a French movie, mm-hmm. which a lot of purists look at Jolly as being purely Italian, even though in Italy, a giallo is such a broad definition. Yeah. Like, you know, Spanish flicks can be jolly. Right. Uh, German flicks. Well, then aren't French they based flicks. off of, or traditionally, they're based off of, like, fucking British books that were just translated mm-hmm. anyway, so, like... A lot of the books are translated. Yeah. And uh, they pulled a lot from the German creamy films. Mm. So there are these crime films that preempted the the run of Giallo right. in Italy. And it's uh, so, you know, because it's thriller. That's basically what it's a It's a very international genre to begin with. I will say that I, I think I prefer looking at it as a little more tightly orchestrated thing than just pull on full on a thriller because like i would yeah. call green room a jello Hell for no. example it's green a fucking room. amazing movie but it's but not a jello no um it's thrilling yes. so i think this one really is in line with what makes a jello a jello even if it is modern and french mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say that's another thing is also contemporary it's not 70s 60s yeah. 80s kind of thing it's well, like you said, like, what, 2018? Yeah. So. That's another thing I loved about this is it was able to hit all the marks of a giallo. It was even set in the 70s, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it was a pastiche. No, it, it didn't. It felt like a contemporary movie. Yeah. Um, I think it helps that we have a bit of retro revivalism, like, listen to, like, synth scores being popular again right. and all that stuff. So that didn't seem out of place, especially with the sort of, like, disco era setting. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those... It's just kind of interesting how it worked as a throwback movie without feeling like it was purely uh, an homage to old movies. Or like just reveling in it some wasn't, shit of nostalgia. It wasn't like, like it was watching a feature-length version of the fake trailers from Grindhouse. Yeah, which, no. I mean, I love for what they're doing. Yes. But it's just, it can get so obnoxious sometimes when it's just like we have to be so hard up on doing the old school thing. 
And winking at you while they do it. Yeah, I feel like take your inspiration from wherever you get it. Yes. I don't think any genre should be committed to being fully dead. If someone wants to make a new Jalo, make a new Jalo. Mm. But make a new Jalo. Yes. Don't be like... And I'm guilty of, like, wanting to write the perfect 70s Jalo and stuff <laughs> like that. But I, I don't think I can make it without it looking cheap or, or dumb. Like, I think a good example of one that does the throwback thing is the editor. But that's a comedy. And that's, like, the whole point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, if it were trying to be a serious Jalo full stop without any sense of irony, mm-hmm. it would not have worked as a no. movie. No, certainly not as well as it does. Yeah. But, yeah, so the yeah, plot. back to the plot. Back um, to the plot, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one of the um, porno boys is, yeah, murdered, and everyone's understandably pretty upset about it, but still trying to, like, keep the business going. Kind of in a crass way, because when they get questioned by the police... When the, the main lady gets questioned by the police, the scene suddenly cuts and all of a sudden she's filming a gay porn based off of her interrogation. Yeah. Fuck that is up. the funniest <laughs> fucking scene. Yes. Keep typing. <laughs> he's like smacking his dick on the typewriter keyboard. Oh my, oh my God. And then like the stand-in for, for, the, for the woman who directs these pornos is uh, her gay best friend roommate, Archie. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, wearing the bob, the blonde bob wig Just, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, she's a very kind of atomic blonde kind of look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we mentioned lesbianism. The the thing that's going in the background while she's doing this is um, she her relationships on the outs with her partner, who is the editor yes. of these movies. And they're fighting. Like, it starts with her calling her on the phone and, like, complaining about their relationship being over and how she doesn't want it to end. Mm-hmm. And so there's this turmoil there, and it shows, like, this tension behind the scenes of the, the porno house that, you know, it's, like, it kind of throws all these plates in the air where it's like the relationships crumbling, her movies aren't getting that big of a draw, even though she has dedicated fans, as we find out. Uh, But then these murders are thrown in the the mix, and it almost gives her a sense of purpose again. Yeah. Yeah, so she gets to use that kind of cynically to... Where I'm pretty sure they even mentioned, like, oh yeah, the murder of, like, whatever the fuck his name was. Yeah. Nathan or something. And then they're like, how could you do this? And she's like, it's fine. Like, whatever. It's so what the, he would the, have wanted. Yeah, it's, yeah, right. So, like, there are mixed feelings happening, for sure. Reminds me of true crime. It reminds mm. me of, like, when I see those movies where... I remember when I was renting movies from Blockbuster and it's still a thing, there was a glut of these horror movies where it's, like, Ted Bundy, Ed Gein, Jeffrey right. Dahmer. Like, they were just... The name of the killer in the movie was just a little, like, rip on them because they didn't have to pay rights of course. Like, you don't have to pay life rights to a murderer because yeah, they can't profit off their crimes, Exactly. Right? And it was just, there was this sort of crassness there where it's like, okay, this could just be a normal slasher movie, but you're really doing this sort of crass slasher on things, tone to something that really happened. Mm-hmm. And it's like a new level of exploitative. Yeah, and to like, because you're presumably using the real names to make it yeah. real. So yeah, real people who were fucking murdered. Yeah. In some cases, children. Yeah, and especially with the uh, widespreadness of the internet and Wikipedia and all that stuff, the anonymity is no longer there. Like, I know a while, a long time ago, they would always have the disclaimer on based on true stories where it's like, the names have been changed to protect yes. the innocent or something like totally. that, which you could get away with in the pre-internet days, but mm-hmm. now it's just like, the names have been changed. Ted Bundy, I'll Google him. And then it's just like, there you go. Exactly. You, you know who everyone is. Yeah. Yeah, so um, after the first murder, somebody else gets killed, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, are they targeting our studio yeah. and our cast? And oh they, no, they try to play it like a coincidence. Hmm? They say it's a coincidence. It must first. be. A, it must be a coinky dink. It's it's okay. Yeah, because he's a junkie. They said right. The guy that was a second was, guy. Uh, yeah, a heroin user. That's true. 
And can we talk about that murder a little bit? Mm-hmm. Because this was something that was, it was probably the most shocking yeah. of the month. It also kind of reminded me of the sort of like Argento-esque set pieces where right. it's like you've really sort of choreographed the murder, you take your time with it a bit, and you kind of add a unique spin on it, like in a way that it seemed only the Italians and the ones at the top of their games could really pull off. Right. Like that's kind of what Argento one of his big things that made him such a stalwart of the genre was he made these lavishly choreographed murder scenes. Mm-hmm. And this reminded me of that, but it's so crass too, where um, the heroin users passed out and the killer basically simulates fellatio by sticking the dildo in his mouth, mm-hmm. but it's the switchblade dildo. Yeah. And it's That's like, right. actually it reminded me of brain damage, which we watched not that long ago. With <laughs> yeah. The, the monster yeah. Blowjob. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that w- that was disturbing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very sexualized violence, but not in a way that's typical. Yeah, not in a way that's like, oh yeah, you should be jerking off to this right now. Yeah. You have our permission. It's just like it's titillating and a really uncomfortable and really like, oh my god, like I can't believe I just saw that. Which is interesting because um, it's also not it's not misogynistic because there's no women involved. Yeah, uh, kind of <laughs> thing. Brain damage. And so it makes me think of like. What does it say that, you know, it's like we're not going to make it titillating because it's not a woman who is being victimized. Right. And I, I don't think, I'm not saying that as a shot against the uh, filmmakers. Like, they're yeah. like, oh, if it was a woman, we would have totally made it jerk-off material. Like, yeah, no. that, that's not at all what I'm saying, but mm. it's interesting where you see something different. Mm-hmm. And part of it is there isn't that factor of the stereotypical misogyny. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... And then that just makes me go back to that... Um quote that's like and I, I i think this is simplify oh like being overly simplistic but there's you know it's kind of like oh points were made where they say that like ho- the root of homophobia is like straight men being afraid that gay men will treat them the way they treat women oh shit that's yeah and this is like a homophobic attack yeah so like you were saying this is what you was, expect to see like a male assailant doing this to a female victim yeah and so, yeah, when you have the, it, it's not totally swapped there. It's not a female assailant to male victim, but when, you know, it's like a male coded assailant and a male coded victim, then yeah. it's like, it, it's, it's interesting there. Cause yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's not sexual, like it's not sexualized in a way that's like, oh yeah, this is supposed to make you horny. It's, it's like, it's sexualized violence. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on the violence. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's a... Uh... Which reminds me of that um, Cronenberg quote where he talked about how violence and sex are just, like, made for each other. Yeah. Like, like they just, like, it's like bread and butter. They just go together so well. Mm. And, you know, Cronenberg being the body horror genius that he is, it's like, it makes sense that you would find, you know, sex and violence two very physical things that are rooted in the body. You're right. Just being so overlapping in his movies. Mm-hmm. So I think by the third murder... They're like, okay, shit, somebody's targeting yeah. us. Um, people don't want to work with us anymore. Like, we're, we're in trouble here. What's going on? Because, yeah, by that point, we also have the, the trans ladies are mm-hmm. more directly involved. I, I really liked seeing some trans representation. Yes! Um, like so we good. talked about with Assassination Nation, finally seeing something that wasn't just a joke or they weren't the killer or, like, something like that. Nobody was just casually dropping the T-slur like they were fucking allowed to because... Oh, yeah. my friends as I could. You know what I mean? And they cast someone who they passed in a lot of ways, but then there are other ways that 
you know, I'm doing big scare quotes around the right. word pass because yeah. I think it's so problematic in so many ways. But they passed in a lot of ways and they didn't pass in a lot of other ways. And mm-hmm. it wasn't really a comment on their worth as a person Fuck in no. either direction. And no, I thought that that yeah. was fantastic. If anything, they, like, you know, when the director lady is asking them, like, oh, do you want to be in a skin flick? Will we pay you know, 300 francs. And then they they look at each other and both burst out laughing. They're like, I make more doing like a blowjob turning yeah. tricks. Like mm-hmm. if anything, they're, you know, they're worth, so to speak. They're like able to like kind of hold it above, be like, give me a fucking break. Yeah. You think I'll do like a you fucking movie? You can't exploit movie? me for that cheap. Exactly. Yeah. So that was really like kind of like a powerful mm-hmm. moment. And I know it's wrapped up in the whole like capitalistic, like you people get, oh, if you're commodifying your body, blah, blah, blah. And we won't get into that, but... Yeah. If you know, if you kind of just suspend disbelief for a minute, that's a moment where you're like, shit, good for you, sis. Mm-hmm. Like, nice. You tell her. So that that was cool to see. And also, yeah, the involvement of sex work without it being like, I mean, porn is sex work too. It's just a different, like, it's a very umbrella term, but more yeah. like full service sex work in there. And they're just like, it was nice seeing that kind of solidarity there where they, yeah. it wasn't, I don't know, you see like people who are into pulse, like pole dancing and stuff but they're like oh fuck strippers that's disgusting or you see like i don't know like people who maybe nude models being like oh my god i would never do porn or i would never sell my like there's there's just this like hierarchy of like respectable sex work versus like selling your body it's almost like elevated horror totally (laughs) right and so there's a lot of the lower stuff yeah Yeah. and so there's a lot of like solidarity a kind of action going on it's like hey guys we're all in this together we all get fucked over by the same bullshit like let's just team up because we're stronger together so and seeing that just happen so organically in this movie where they're just like oh hey girls what's up hey you want to collaborate sometime cool let's hang out let's go have a picnic like that's awesome i love it no, You'd it was, love to it was see really it. cool. I, yeah. I, I liked that. It was refreshing. Aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, just the respect, like, it's like, yep, these are, these are women. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them, they, they mention, and she's like, oh, I go by, like, Misia now. And they're like, oh, cool, okay, like, mm-hmm. we'll call you that now. Like, yeah. it's that fucking easy. Yeah. As far as, like, transness works in the murder mystery plot, it's, their transness is not excluding them from cis people. It's not mm-hmm. differing in them. It's not like they are victimized or extra fucked over by people being shitty towards trans people. It's like they're all in this together, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was so refreshing to see that solidarity, Mm -hmm. even if the movie is, like, following the form of, like, a murder thriller kind of thing. Um, It's almost like bigger fish to fry totally yeah. right yeah they're like i have a what's something i'm trying to do here do not have time for transphobia specifically we yeah. are killing specific people for specific reasons yeah and <laughs> which sounds so backwards to yeah say. yeah yeah like i said i feel like it works in this one like, it really I does f- find the uh and it's funny because homophobia as part of the violence actually works into the plot as we get towards mm-hmm. the climax. Like it becomes very important to several elements of the plot. Absolutely. I don't want to spoil them here because no. I'm just urging people to go see this it's movie. It's so good. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, so it's not like it pretends it's in a world where homophobia doesn't exist. Mm-mm. Like it's very calculated. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not constructed in the typical shitty ways. Yeah. And I really liked that about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's... Yeah, that whole idea of, like, the the typical ways of the whole... Like, again, not to spoil anything, but just the way that, like, in some ways, 
with various characters' ideas, like internalized homophobia yeah. and stuff, like how that plays into the plot, I think that subverts a lot of the sort of like yeah. typical, like this is, you know, a specifically cishet killer who is going in and trying to destroy gayness, destroy queerness, transness, because I actually, obliterated. Like, since it since it kind of takes a bit of a different tack, mm-hmm. it actually is a much more interesting comment because it really of the way. Is. Um, perceptions of homophobia because like yep. it, we're not just saying that it's interesting homophobia from the outside structure in the plot itself it's mm-hmm. baked into the plot absolutely um the big climactic movie theater sequence mm-hmm. was so top-notch yes I, mean, I thought like this was such an interesting way to take this movie mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna say more than that because uh, you'll know when you see it yeah i really liked this one me too it was one of those ones where like i thought it was quite enjoyable and pretty good when it was over and then it just kind of grew like yeah, I just sort of ruminated yeah, on it me too it had that sort of we'll call it the lighthouse effect <laughs> <laughs> where you sit in, in it and it it percolates for a little while yeah. and then you're like yeah that was really good it's funny they use the word percolator because i feel like lighthouse is just perfectly like that fellas don't drink that <laughs> coffee there's a fish in the percolator there's shit in the cistern <laughs> there's pussy in the mermaid <laughs> This is a Lighthouse podcast now? Yeah. Lighthouse fancast. Yeah. So that's Knife and Heart. I said it was a 2018 movie, but it kind of blew up last year as far as like actually getting wider release mm. kind of thing. It might have just like been like first premiered in 2018. Right, like at enough. a festival or something like that. Yeah. I know um, we follow the Shockwaves podcast, and this one showed up, I, I believe, on one of their best of 2019 lists. I want oh, to say okay. Rebecca McKendry's top 10 of 2019 featured Knife and Heart. Nice. And the, I, I think that that's sort of what reminded me it existed because mm. I heard about... Actually, I always got it mixed up with Knives and Skin, another movie from last year. Understandable. And it's one of those things where it's just like, wait, these are two different movies. And then I looked into <laughs> Knife and Heart and it's like, well, I gotta get that immediately. Yes. Not a knock on Knives and Skin, actually. That one looks really up my alley, too. But... But this yeah. one is, like, specifically, particularly, it's like, like extremely... Jello? Yeah. And they're kind of a cult. A queer Jallo cult? <laughs> um, fuck, it's so good. So how do you follow that up? What do you do? Where do you go from there? And this is where the next leg of our journey took us. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, we tried the movie that it was sort of like a movie, but also with hardcore porn. A film. But then also a movie that uses sex as part of the plot, but not in a necessarily porny way. Like, how do we combine those two? And it seems like that's at odds with each other. And I realize there is a movie that encapsulates that. And it's called Emmanuel in America. <laughs> this was from 1977. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot some of the stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, part of me is worried if I'm on a watch list for buying this. You know? <laughs> um, especially with the uh, cameo by Pedro. <laughs> that was not something I really wanted to watch. But... Yeah, um, to put it lightly, there, there, there is light bestiality in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I am laughing so I don't cry, basically. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I'm at, kind mm-hmm. of thing. It just made me wonder, the stud farm they must have filmed this at? Like, what do you think the, uh, the farmers who were like, yeah, you could film here with our horses? Like, what, what they thought. Mm. <laughs> it, it made for very uncomfortable, awkward viewing, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that our TV does not face the street. 
Yeah, that we were in the basement hiding our shame watching this. I, I think I dissociated a little bit during that scene. I, I I looked away a lot. That's good. Yeah. It's, but... it's a short scene, and it's probably not as graphic as you're expecting with what I said, but it's more than you want. Yeah, there's a, you see a lot more horror song than you would yeah. ever want to. Yeah. Yeah. That aside, what we've got with this movie is Emmanuel is the photographer for a news photojournalist photojournalist who is trying to find the next big story mm-hmm. and so the movie actually i found this movie doesn't drag too badly mm-hmm. because it's like a bunch of short vignettes like yeah he's like, i'm gonna go check out this dude who has a harem and like his harem is like i want women of each zodiac sign <laughs> so that was fucking buck wild where she's so like he- i have to pretend to be a virgo <laughs> <laughs> to get into this dude's harem yeah and like she like literally goes in joins the harem yeah takes like photos Photos undercover and then yeah. like buys her freedom after winning at gambling. Like yeah. this woman this has a wild Sex and story. Fury where yeah. it's just like I'm gonna just like play this dice gambling game. It's like ah ha ha, I got full house. Ha ha ha, I got four guy. of totally. a kind. And it's just like the dude was so mad, and that part was great. <laughs> What was it after the harem? She goes to the fucking sex party at the art house with all the rich people and like the okay. First off, this movie's called Emmanuel in America. Her newspaper's based in America. But she goes everywhere that isn't She goes America. to Venice. She goes to, like, fucking Mexico or some shit. Yeah, she's just, like, all over the place where it's just, like, Emmanuel in America. Time to catch a plane to Italy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's an Italian co-production, so I'm not yeah. surprised. Yeah, because she, she meets the... Um... The count, the Ven- Venetian count guy, yeah. at the at the mansion of the guy with the harem, yeah, escapes with him, and then he's like, "Oh, come to Venice with me, my love," yeah, and goes to their sex party thing, and then at the sex party, she she's flirting with this guy, and this woman's like, "Nah, he's mine." Pause off, sister. Kind of, she's like, "Where did you find him?" And she's like, "Oh, there's this like weird like sex resort where like like for like." rich white women to go in like central to south america for sex tourism kind of thing right and so she goes to investigate that, that. One was the one that had the most of the hardcore inserts yes that's where we said because this is just sort of a bit of a hard sexploitation movie but it's a it's like a sexploitation for the most part yes but there's a few hardcore insert scenes where mm-hmm. it's just like i'm gonna look in this room and she looks through a window with her camera and it cuts to a different set where these two people that you haven't seen the entire movie are fucking are like, sucking and fucking you clearly hired porn actors to be able to film this scene and cut it into the movie that's the yeah and that's the thing that kind of bugged me is that she's, you know, doing this expose, which on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, throw the fucking, like, yep, yeah, air out the dirty laundry of sex tourism and stuff because it's fucking disgusting how, like, rich, you know, yeah. what, like Talk about the sex tourism this. You had yeah. some great points when we were watching it. Yeah, just it made me think of, um, because it was very specifically, this is a resort where rich women go to find men of color generally. I think the mm. guy that she had with her at the sex party in Venice, uh, he, I think he was like a white blonde guy or something, but right. but largely, you know, there's a lot of black men there. There's a lot of like brown men there. Like, you know, very like hyper-sexualized in this white imagine, racist imagination right. kind of thing. And so usually you hear sex tourism, you think like North American, Western European white men going to fuck like children in Thailand yeah. or something. But one... Um, person i follow have for a few years online bad dominicana mm-hmm. is her like at on like twitter and instagram and stuff um she's if you couldn't tell from her name from the dominican republic and yeah. recently um she relocated back there she was in, in the states for a long time and she talks a lot about like sex tourism and because being like an afro-latina 
woman she's like she's like fucking like white men will come up to me like oh yeah i could have you for 20 dollars, baby like shit like that and she's like fuck you yeah that's gross but she also talks specifically about women and sex tourism right and the women who come looking for like afro latino men it's funny how that's almost like you'd expect it out of like a saucy romantic mm-hmm. comedy kind of thing where it's just like gonna go to jamaica to get that sweet d and yeah they, and it's framed like that beach romance kind of thing that happens exactly when, when honestly it's 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 gross, like, because the power be, differential yeah. there, like, you go into a country where you know that, like, the, like, economic, even just standard of living is so much lower that people are, you know, it's, it's not the same as somebody who's, like, here who's, like, oh, well, you know, I can afford to live, I'm a fucking, like, trust fund baby who wants to make porn on the internet or right. do sex work or whatever, like, it's very, like, consensual, it's like, this is what I want to do and I'm happy, yep. but where, when you have someone who is in a really, like kind of in dire straits it's clearly survival sex work not coded as such yeah it's more it's more coercive just inherently because it's like well yeah okay if if this is my option to like feed my family for the month yeah i guess i'll like fuck this random you know what i mean like and not to say that's always the case i don't want to make assumptions but it's just the power dynamic and the economic difference like it's just so like inherently coercive it just makes my skin crawl yeah and I, one thing I did like about this movie is it almost laid that a bit bare. Yeah. Like, in typical bad sexploitation fashion, you know, it's got, like, the delightful porny music and it's supposed to be a romp. But at the same time, the machinations of the sex clinic thing are just, like, you know, like, none of the men have names. They wear collars with their numbers on it. Yeah, like, it's very it's dehumanizing. Just like, it, it shows that as opposed to, like, pretending it's, like, a, a fantasy, like... Yeah. Sojourn to the Caribbean to, like, um... To go and have beef swept away by some, like, consenting free man or something. Which, you know, it's not always like that, is it? No. And the thing that got me was, I think, I can't even remember where the article was recently, but it was talking about, like, sex tourism, but it was trying to make it seem like it was, like, this empowering thing. And it's like, fuck off. Oh, that is so... so like, oh, yeah, people of all genders are going around the world to fuck and it's i love like, how it, it's like yeah it's suddenly empowering when we look at the person in power in that situation yeah. where it's like is it empowering for the someone who's doing this because it's the only way they can survive yeah and they would not be it just otherwise. makes me think of that whole like hire more women guards it's like have more women sex pests like <laughs> oh, Jesus. so <laughs> and even at one point there's um two people like there's a a white woman and a, and a black man in one of these like huts on the beach fucking mm. and they're doing this weird like tarzan fantasy where they're like oh, oh yeah tarzan fuck jane kind of like it's just so like that like just racist archetype just like laid yeah. bare of the like sad you know, savage man coming to just like take yeah. the white one like it's yeah but it i don't know i think it's played in that way where it's just like ew look at this yeah but, but I think it was interesting because in the context of the movie that actually kind of fits mm-hmm. where it's one of those things where it's just like, of course, one of these white women going to this place where she can just like, you know, yeah. abuse people and all stuff. Of course, she's going to be into that kind of fantasy mm-hmm. and she's going to play with those pirate power. It's like another level of power dynamics. It is. Yeah. Um, and so the thing that kind of like, I was like, ooh, like, ooh, this is making me a little comfortable beyond just this whole like sex tourism thing, because I think they, you know, the whole like. Where the people working, they're like, oh, yes, we're very discreet. We have, like, it was very much set up as, like, this is, like, a, the something run by the rich and powerful kind of thing. And, right. like, it's very kept on the DL. And that's why she's there mm. to kind of make it her next expose. But then she was going around, like, sneaking, you know, looking in windows and stuff, taking pictures. I'm like, Emmanuel's making, like, revenge porn. Yeah, yeah, And I was yeah. like, that's gross. Yeah, it's like... Like, she's just expo- exposing the worst people. But at the same but time, it's also... Still. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe you're exposing the sex pest, but what about the people that they're potentially victimizing? Exactly. 
It's like, yeah. congrats on joining in. Yeah. So I was like, eh, this is really dicey. But the thing that I remembered about this movie, mm-hmm. that is kind of why I suggested it, is as she's going around looking, in one of the rooms she sees this uh, couple, in, like in one of the beds, and the woman is kind of looking off camera while the dude's like doing stuff to her. And she's just like distracted. Mm-hmm. And so then we get the shot of Emmanuel sort of like shifting her gaze to look. And she's watching snuff footage. Yeah. And it was some of the most horrific snuff footage I've ever seen in a movie. Yes. It is so hard to watch. It is. Because it's not just like people dying. It is like women being fucking like gang raped. And yeah. and it looks like like it looks like a war zone. Yeah. There's like blow torches. Like yeah. Spikes, hooks, all kinds of stuff. Like they are being stuff. sadistically sexually tortured and brutally murdered. Like it puts the Nazi exploitation movies to shame. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And that's and saying something. I remember this just being kind of seared on my brain from mm-hmm. when I saw this however fucking long ago when I was, you know, first looking for notorious movies, right? Right. And it was just seared in my brain. And that was kind of the turn of the movie because then it turns into her trying to expose this fucking snuff film ring. Yeah. And that is, of course, again, the rich and powerful. And that is where I was so bummed with this movie because yes. it goes there and it gets so, like, taught. Like, like she tries to seduce this uh, politician who, like, she's like, oh man, show me some movies. And he starts playing, like, just some, like, regular R- porn. Right, the mill porn. She's like, come and on. She's like, you show see- me something tougher and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's like, you seem like a guy who would ha- be way more interesting than this fucking banal bullshit. And he's yeah. like, Okay, well, hold on. I think I got something you'd like. But then he drugs her with LSD and takes her there. Mm-hmm. And she sees it live and then passes out. And she thinks it was a drug trip because she got dosed. But then it turns out she was actually there and like nearly got murdered. Yeah. And it's just this... Because I get the photos developed She's got and stuff. the photos and the newspaper refuses to print them. Kind mm-hmm. of thing because the guy at the top came down on them. So it shows there's some shady things going on. Yeah. And it's like, this is actually turning into a really interesting You're exploitation like, this is movie. thrilling. Like, I was stoked. And then when it's like, we're not going to print it. She's like, fine, I quit. And goes on vacation and then this really racist scene happens yeah. where it's just like, let's get I sold into, you to this tribesman. Let's get into some hardcore tribalism kind yeah. of thing. And then the movie just fucking ends. Yeah, and nothing happens. And that bummed me out so much because like, I felt like the lead up to this nothing, I remember it happening earlier mm-hmm. than it does. Yeah, because so you told me about long. it and so we're watching and I'm like, where's this? Like, I was like, I thought you said this, like, this isn't a horror movie. Like, yeah. you're like, it gets pretty horrifying. Trust yeah, me. I was waiting for it. And, but yeah. then when it finally kicks in, it's like, okay, like, it's, it's worth it because this movie's getting really crazy. Yeah. And then it just kind of tapers out and it's like, I it's like, feel oh my God. like there's 20 minutes of a really fucked up but good exploitation yes, movie in there. Yes, it's thrilling. Like, you're just like, and she has this righteous anger about it. And you're just like, oh my god, she is going to fuck shit up. I'm so yeah. excited. And then she's like, I'm going to go on vacation. Fuck you guys. Maybe yeah. I won't come back. Whatever. And you're like, what? where, where did the righteous anger so go? It was so frustrating. You were I like, forgot about that turn. I thought yeah. that it actually went somewhere. Yeah, no, because and and like, she's like, she's ready to, she's like, oh, I'm going to save women's lives. Like, this is like, she's so like righteously ready to just like fuck up some like, the worst people, like mm-hmm. Jeffrey Epstein type people alive. Yeah. And then when they refuse, she's just like, oh, well. I'm gonna go on vacation, yeah. and it's like Emmanuel. What? Yeah. What happened to you? I will warn if you want to see this movie. Uh, the snuff footage really is all that. It's yeah. It's fake, but yes. it is rough. And there are time. parts of it where like you can tell it's fake, yeah. and that's kind of our only saving grace. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, they're cutting that woman's breast off, but at least I can tell it's very yeah, clearly a latex they appliance. Ling- they lingered too long. The stuff that is like. 
left for just quick inserts. That was That's the stuff the, that the I found so jarring. Yes. Because it's like, it almost had that, because it was also, since it's the fake snuff film, it's doing the found footage thing, it reminded me so much of the cannibal holocaust effect. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, if we filmed this like a normal movie, you'd probably be able to be like, fake violence, fake violence, fake violence. But doing the fake documentary thing, it just gets so jarring. It does. That it's like... I, I'm disoriented and like this looks convincing. It does, and they show just enough that like I'm thinking of like when they go to like they have that fucking giant hook. Yeah, the meat that hook. With the meat hook the giant, that they're like putting yeah. in like the woman on. They show just enough that they don't show that you know what would be the worst part of it. They leave that for your brain to make up itself, and, and that's anything, always going to be worse. It was a cheap workaround too, because yeah. it's just like we don't have to worry about appliances. We'll just hint at it yep. enough so you know what's happening. And then cut away. And then your brain fills in the rest, and yep. it's always, whatever your mind comes up with is probably always going to be worse than anything they could show. Yep. So it's very effective, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what makes this such a disturbing, disturbing movie. Yes. But it's also the most riveting part of the movie. It really is. Yeah. yeah, like yeah it's it's a, the part of the movie where it's like, something. I'm invested in this. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move past this, I want to give a little bit of a... Story on the Can we have a history of Emmanuel? Because this is fascinating. Emmanuel was a French novel about a diplomat's wife and all the like sexual shenanigans she would get up to. And the novel was like notoriously banned and fucked with because it's like, oh, Mios Dios. I know that's Spanish, but you know, Mon Dieu. Mon Dieu. (laughs) Um, Because it shows like, it it depicted like sexual desire in sort of a graphic way for for writing, which I find kind of wild. For a female? Because French love their, their sex graphic thing. What is it? Story of the Eye? Like yeah. cameras and stuff like that. Yeah, that's Bataille, I think. Bataille, and then, that's and then you have, Jesus I mean, <laughs> the home of the Marquis de Sade. Yeah. Like, yeah. So French, it's like. French, French, like, invented, like, libertines. Yeah, so it's like to be scandalized by this in the 50s is kind of weird. Yeah, especially, like, post Marquis de Sade, to be scandalized by yeah. anything seems yeah. a bit, like, really? But then, um,. In the 70s, they made a movie called Emmanuel, and it was based on this, and mm-hmm. it fucking sold like gangbusters. It was so huge, there was, like, very quickly after Emmanuel 2, and this series of these softcore sex pictures came out that were very popular, very lucrative, and all that stuff, and I thought it was crazy how many sequels there are, and these sequels <laughs> go weird places. They, they totally do. do. And I remember there was even a run where they started casting differently, like, almost like a James Bond kind of thing, you know how Bond changes? Mm-hmm. So there's a run of these movies called the Black Emmanuel films, because it's got Laura Gemser as the um, Emmanuel character. She, I believe, is like half Italian. Oh, okay. I think she's gorgeous. I, I think that's her. I've been reading about so many okay. Italian actors right. recently, <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where. Uh, it's like, okay, that's interesting, that's cool, but these movies still got fucking buck wild, and it's weird, because this, I, I could never figure out how to spell Emmanuel, kind of thing, and mm. that, that's where the rub lies, because it turns out these sequels aren't official sequels. <laughs> Italy did what Italy does best, where they're like, oh, these Emmanuel films, Emmanuel 2Ms, these are very lucrative. Let's release our own movies called Emmanuel with 1M, so it's not the same person. But you'll it's think its own it is. movie. But your horny ass will think it is. Yeah, and so you get these Italian ripoffs of the Emmanuel films, <laughs> but they do it in only the way that Italian exploitation heroes can do it. Like Joe D'Amato did um, Emmanuel in America and so many of these. He has a billion names that he's worked under. His real names are today Massachusetts, but my favorite of his pseudonyms <laughs> is Arizona, Massachusetts. <laughs> I still want to find what movie he did under Arizona Massachusetts. Yeah, he just, isn't the whole list of his pseudonyms on like Wikipedia or something? Uh, and I was looking like, on IMDb and oh, it's okay, like, that was like it. 
there's about as many pseudonyms as there are films he directed. Yeah, and because, because there's so many, there's like there's probably movies out there we don't even realize are him because we're like, who the fuck is this? guy? I think the same thing happened with a uh, dirty uncle Jess Frank. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, they they kept discovering it's like it turns out this was a D'Amato film and no one knew. Yeah, because especially because <laughs> he worked in everything. Like he did a lot yes. of horror that he says for, but he did a lot of porn and a mm-hmm. lot of sex pics and a lot of I think he even did comedies and stuff like oh, that. Geez. But yeah, so you get these Emmanuel films, like Emmanuel in America. Can you share my favorite Emmanuel title? Oh, let me... I don't know which one was your favorite, so I'll just say a bunch of them. There's Emmanuel in America. Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. That's it! That one is a cannibal movie and Emmanuel movie <laughs> together, <laughs> together at last. Yes. Um, there's Emmanuel in the White Slave Trade. Okay, that, that was a pretty good one, And then too. there's Black Emmanuel, White Emmanuel kind of thing. It's just like, oh, oh my, my goodness, God. you're really sort of like... Just marrying so many subgenres here. It's almost like they were going for the sort of Mandingo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, it sounds like... It's like they're very, like... Like, exploitation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I think of, like, White Mama, Black Mama. And yeah, like, absolutely. Or, I don't remember if it's the other way around. I've seen the poster, yeah. that's it. I haven't actually watched the movie. And so these movies are about it... No, they're trashier than the title's little. <laughs> yeah, um, I've yet to watch Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, but I'm happy to report I have a copy thanks to Severin Films. So we will be watching it at some point. Yes, we will. Um... I actually have Emmanuel and Francois, which stars George Eastman as this person who's tortured by women that hate him or something like that. I don't know exactly. I haven't watched it. And then I have Bruno Mattei's Violence in a Women's Prison, which is actually an Emmanuel movie retitled. Ah. Or it, it was a movie that was retitled was, to be an to Emmanuel, be an Emmanuel movie. movie. I don't know which direction it goes. Okay, got but it. But I love that these are products of Italy being Italy, and it makes me <laughs> so happy. Yeah, because we were uh. just like, God, what, what's going on here? We're like... Italy's going on. And Italy's going on. The way only Italy can do best. Yeah. So, in the end, I think there are parts of Emmanuel in America that I really appreciated as trash exploitation. Mm-hmm. And there are parts of it I don't care to see again. Mm. Um, so, it is a uh, heed the warning. It's. Not something to throw on at a party, unless you're, you're unless you unless uh, you have our friends. Specifically. Yeah, then it is specifically a movie to throw on only <laughs> <Yeah>. at parties, <laughs> or to watch in the um, shame of your basement. After Emmanuel in America, we were like, okay, so the whole porn insert thing that didn't go so bad, you know, like Caligula was like such a drag, but like where should we go next? And then I remember this little movie that I had. And by little movie, I mean it's listed being 55 minutes long. When in actuality, it's only 49 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, may as well watch it. Yeah, you know, it on. whatever. It's like watching an episode of The X-Files kind of thing, right? <laughs> and so that's, like, that, put it. that's about the time sink that you got out of this. And so we watched from American Genre Film Archives releasing Bat Pussy. That pussy is possibly the first porno parody, or it is an early one, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the case, it was made in the year 1970, question mark. <laughs> right. So they don't even know when it was made. They don't know who made it. Nope. It's never been revealed. It's never been tracked down who fucking made this movie. And what you get is basically one porn scene. Uh, there's about five, ten minutes worth of inserts. Mm-hmm. And the rest is just one porn setup for 40 minutes. It is in a bedroom with these two people. It's like married are, couple that fucking hate each other, and they're just like swearing. They just at take each turns other. performing like limp dicked oral sex on each other, kind we'll of. We'll be like, like, you fucking motherfucker, you motherfucker, you fucking, fucking motherfucking fuck cheated mother. on me. Yeah, we'll go back to your horse. And then, and then, oh my god, the thing that gets me so much is how the husband is like. 
oh yeah, let's uh, look, look, let's do it like in the magazine here. We gotta do it like the magazine. Like, it's just oh, it's like mind-numbingly bad. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Like, it it just makes me think. Like, I'm like, this is like the precursor to like everything that happens today of teen boys who like their only sex ed is porn. So the first time they try to have sex, they try to like fucking come on their girlfriend's faces without asking mm-hmm. or yeah. like assume that everyone's going to be like down to clown for anal yeah. and like just because he's just like let's do anal yeah let's or, do like, anal let's, later six, he's let's just do like th- hey you should like get with that lady it's like i don't want to get with a lady yeah, she's, get like, with the she's lady. like i wouldn't get with a lady hell no. like no like that's a hard no she, she's just like i'd fuck a dude in the ass and asshole's an asshole all the same yeah. <laughs> kind of thing and it's just like interesting yeah we were like that <laughs> was, was that was unexpected that. yeah but fuck these people like i get when John Waters is like, he doesn't want to do hardcore because it's not interesting. It's like watching open heart surgery, as we'd said, he'd said. But it's like, this felt like a pre-multiple maniacs John Waters if he had done a porno. Yeah. Like, it's these people with slightly Baltimore-ish accents swearing <laughs> at each other and saying some sometimes funny shit. Yes. Like, there were a few lines that we lost it laughing yeah. at. Like, That's true. Like, there's stuff where it's just like, I think the wife says, fuck you, my lawyer fucks better than you, you motherfucker. <laughs> And then, like, he says, like, you got a pussy like a wash bucket, you motherfucker. Like, they call it to their motherfucker constantly. constantly. It's so funny. It's you can't re- suck dick, motherfucker. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and he oscillates back and forth, because at first he's like, I, I didn't you, know baby. you, I love you, oh, I didn't know you could suck dick like this. And she's like, well, yeah, it's because you're always cheating on me at those other broads, and, oh, I'll never cheat on you again, baby, if I had only known. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, this is so good. And he's like, you can't suck dick for shit, motherfucker. And you're like, what is this? So that's how the movie goes. What is this? But then on top of that, You're like, Where the I mentioned it was a pussy? porn parody. Because 10 minutes, so a fucking 10th, no, 20% of the movie is over before it suddenly cuts to someone's dingy basement with a piece of paper taped to the wall that says Bat Pussy Headquarters sharpied on it. Mm-hmm. And then this woman's sitting on the couch and she's just like, my twat's a twinge and there's a crime going to be committed. Someone's filming a porno in my fair city. And then there's a long scene of her getting naked and dressing up in the Bat Pussy outfit. She gets on one of those hop-along balls. Yeah. Like that kid's would bounce yep. around and slowly hops along the interstate boing, 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 until boing. she gets to their house well no first she stops a guy from like robbing someone or oh something and she stops to take a piss oh that's yeah, right that's like, yeah but like that is the extent of bat pussy because then she gets there busted when he's about to take pictures of his wife it's like let's take pictures like the magazine it's like freeze no porno in my gotham city and then it's just like oh bat pussy let's fuck and then the three of them have a three-way and that is the extent of the porn parody. But the movie really goes off the rails at this point because it's so inept, so low budget. The sound keeps cutting out. And at first you're thinking like, oh, that was just poorly recorded sound. But it's like, no, you realize that they were just cutting. They didn't record extra sound. They didn't like record extra dialogue. No, they recorded anything. like one take. And so the sound dubs were the probably the director talking because at a certain point the guy turns and says, what's that? looking just past the camera and then the sound cuts out and at one point the director you fucking hear yeah the so director. the sound just they just didn't the director, bother you just hear the director like flip her over <laughs> she's like what the fuck uh, the camera zooms out and there's just this boom hanging there for a long time <laughs> my favorite is oh. when he's like oh batwoman and then the, then the, the female the, the, the partner the the wife is like bat pussy oh bat, bat pussy. pussy like and then it's just like bat what Bat pussy. <laughs> like, they're just like, he can't even get it right. No. Um, 
My favorite is when Bat Pussy falls off the bed and then he falls and lands asshole first on her face. Yeah. And it just sounds like, oh my god, are you okay? Did I hurt you? Oh my and god. And she's just like, says like, yeah, fuck me harder or something like that. And he just bursts out laughing and looks at the camera and like, I guess she's okay. <laughs> and then they just keep going. It's like, holy shit. Like, you hear the crew laugh. But he's like, I guess they're okay. And then everyone laughs, including several people that are behind the yeah, camera. Yeah, like, you can hear them. You're like, that's the whole, I can hear the whole crew. And then the movie ends. Just abruptly. Just mid-fuck. It just, boop. That's it. Yeah. It, it So somehow it was, it was what, 45 minutes? Yeah. It and it felt drugged. way long. Yeah, like, yeah. how does something that short drag that long? Yeah. And, like, it was dragging before the halfway point even. It was bad just in the first 10 minutes. You're just like, yeah. what the fuck is this? I felt like this was a good example of why hardcore porn, when you lean too much into it, does not make for a good movie. No. Because at a certain point, it's just like you're just watching the same old fucking and sucking over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, hardcore porn serves a certain purpose. And I don't think it should necessarily be removed from film. Like, I'm not saying you can't show full-on sex and have it in a successful film. Yeah, whatever. But you have to toe that line. You have to figure out where... It, you have like, to have a story. It's, for example, if you were watching, like, a movie, like, any normal movie, and someone's like, oh, I gotta go to work, and then there's, like, 20 minutes of them driving and not much else happening, yeah. you'd be like, this is a very poorly paced movie. Like, yes. this is irrelevant. It's the same thing with the fucking. Like, mm-hmm. treat it like you would a sex scene in a non-hardcore movie, and, you know, it's like, okay, maybe a minute and a half tops to, like set the scene and show what happens kind of thing and then keep going like you mm-hmm. can't just throw out filmmaking form yeah. or any sense of good editing or good pacing just because you want the fuck scene to go longer otherwise the movie's just not going to work you're as throwing out the p- potential to have a good film yeah exactly so bat pussy is a great example in that but i think what made it i don't want to say made it work because it didn't work no it but didn't what the most it worked was it's fucking hilarious at times like yes. some of the stuff that was said we were just staring at each other mouths dropped laughing we're like did that just off. happen like what yeah so we finished up that pussy and that completely killed any desire to watch the next movie that we were gonna watch so we didn't watch it but the next movie just so people know was gonna be porno holocaust from 1981 this was actually the one I was a bit most excited to watch until we got through Caligula and Emmanuel in America and then Bat Pussy. And then it just like, I, I think Journey was like, I don't want to watch people fuck anymore. Yeah. And um, it's too bad because I think it could have been an interesting watch. But I remember that it is one of those things where the first half was just porn scene after porn scene after Ugh. porn scene before they even get to the fucking island that Ugh. the horror takes place on. So I suggested if we watch it, let's watch it on fast forward. Yeah. Um, but then when I saw the running time, it was like two hours. I was just like, I'm not interested. Nope. But to give you a brief, brief synopsis of why I picked it is there is an island where they did nuclear testing way back when, 30 years later, scientists go to the island to see what has happened to it since the radiation has developed. What they don't realize is that someone was a castaway on the island and got irradiated. So the entire team gets attacked by this mutant with a three foot long dick who kills people with radioactive jizz. That is the movie. That's it. That's it the film. It is as bonkers and batshit as you would expect that movie to be. It's a Joe D'Amato movie. <laughs> so, you know, he returns in fine fucking form. And it is less of a slog than Erotic Nights of the Living Dead. Another Joe D'Amato porn horror that is just painful to watch. Um, but it's one of those ones where, you know, they cast who they could that would be willing to be in a porno that is also a horror movie where they would attempt to act, but they're willing to fuck on screen. So you get everything laid bare. They're bad acting right up there with their genital warts that you can clearly see kind oh, of geez. thing. It's it's just like, you know, when you're seeing, like, the cameras under someone's taint. And yeah. it's like, 
I see sores. Yeah. That is not, I'm not trying to shame anyone who struggles with uh, STIs or has them or anything like that. But it's not, it doesn't add to the allure of what No, I was, and it, and, and it really doesn't give the sense that they gave a shit about, like, worker safety or anything. Not even a little bit. Like. Not even a little bit. No. So, like, actual hardcore porn is more stringent than that. Yep. For health, like, worker health and safety. Yep. So we didn't watch Porno Holocaust, but it is something that exists in this world. And the title alone is just like, you know, you got Cannibal Holocaust. But you got porno holocaust, and it's just like, oh, daddy. Oh, dear. The other big problem with including hardcore pornography in horror beyond just inserts is oftentimes when you try to go beyond just inserts and make it part of the horror, it gets dicey. Because there's a few movies that they've done that where they've tried to be hardcore and also be horror flicks. And they just turn into really overly sexualized, hard-to-watch very rapey movies. Like, it's fucking snuff. It, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, some prime examples that I can think of would be movies like Forced Entry from the 1970s, which is still, I contend, is still the worst movie I've ever seen, mm-hmm. as in, like, the most disturbing, most fucked up movie I've ever seen, because it is about a serial rapist murderer, but in the context of being a porn movie. So all the porn scenes, all the fuck scenes are... Are rape scenes. Yeah. And it takes all the tropes of porn and then turns them on their head in, like, the worst possible way. Like, the dirty talking are violent threats. Um, The cum shots are actually, like, violent murders kind of thing. Uh, And then this one goes a little beyond the pale in that his... uh, What is making him do these crimes is he's a disillusioned Vietnam vet. And so he has non-flashbacks during the rape scenes. <laughs> right. And the non-flashbacks are genuine footage of violence committed during the Vietnam War. Yep. And so you see this interspliced of, like, people being napalmed and stuff like that. And yeah. it's just like, this is the most dizzyingly horrendous thing that you could imagine. And that that is, like, a large part of the problem. Like, how do you integrate porn into the story and make it a horror movie? So often, this is what you get. And I don't think that it has to go this way. I mm. think you could make something... You should make something else. But that's often how it goes. Like, you end up with movies like this. You end up, like... Um, there's one called Wetworks, I think, where it's a serial forced enema enthusiast. Ugh. Never seen it. I've just heard of the notoriety. Yeah, never seen it. Never want to. <laughs> I, I yep. I can second that. So yeah, it's um, it's like they made movies out of the little tapes that they're watching in eight millimeter in the shady yeah. fucking bit like place. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the footage we see them watching are like the tamer moments from those movies right. where they could like okay it's not actually hardcore porn so we can throw it in there so our own movie doesn't get an x rating or something like that mm-hmm. so i think that's a big problem that uh shows up with why these just don't work generally speaking yeah and uh at least it definitely is a big part of why i'm not particularly interested mm. in that. like i think there'd be a really interesting thesis to write about this or a, an interesting paper but for someone with a stomach of i was gonna say steel. well i tried to write you did a research paper on one of these and i gave up i changed topics about 15 minutes into watching the movie mm. and i was just like i can't do it turned it and off the prof was like yeah no shit and i explained why i couldn't do it and i came up with a new topic that was you know like this is too heavy for me. I need something way lighter that's the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going to watch Pink Flamingos. And that was not, like... <laughs> that was, like, beautiful... Hyperbole. That was actually how I felt. It was, like... Beautiful brain bleach. Yeah. Pink Flamingo was 
like the nice comfort food after yes. watching all of this stuff. There's like a, a warm hug from a soft fuzzy blanket. Exactly. So yeah, that is that's just why I just don't think it works, and why I'm glad that we pivoted away mm. from that because the movies we watch weren't that kind of movie. No. But I, I think if we kept on that trend, it would have just taken us to some dark places that I wouldn't have wanted to subject really you to. Really not interested in going to. I wouldn't have wanted to subject myself to. Yeah. You know, so. Appreciate it. So we didn't. <laughs> mm. So I was like, okay, we can't do this. We can't keep doing this porno stuff. Can't do this because to ourselves. it's just killing us. Let's do something fucked up, though. Let's go, let's go the other direction. Let's go, like, abstract, weird, and fucked up. So we went to 1990s Singapore slang. This was another one that became aborted halfway through because I drastically misremembered this movie from when I, I watched it first. I remember it being a cavalcade of sexual perversions and fucked up fetish stuff. Um, it was. Yeah. Yeah, when you told me that, it, like, I I, ugh, I was not expecting, like, I was not prepared for it. Let's just say that if I had remembered what exactly was happening in this, I probably wouldn't have put it in the queue. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, it doesn't really make sense what's happening. You kind of ba- vaguely follow along. What, you have the Greek guy. And well, then well, the, have... well, okay, the, I, I can break down the premise for you, having seen the whole thing. <laughs> what, what happened in this movie is um, there's this Greek guy who's searching for an important woman to him who mm-hmm. he thinks is dead. But he hasn't given up hope yet, even though it's been a few years. Uh, he's searching for Laura, and he manages to track her out to this manor off the beaten track that these two women, this mother and daughter, they, they're both adults, but they, mother and daughter that live there. And, um, unfortunately he's in a car crash when he's trying to get there and he shows up all bloody and dazed on their door and passes out. And so they abduct him mm-hmm. and because they're actually like demented, fucked up family, I think like, like porno TCM kind of thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, Big time incest. But the movie opens with them taking their chauffeur that they've just murdered and burying him in the woods. Okay. And they have also killed Laura, the person, and they've yes. been doing these sex role plays where they're taking turns pretending to be Laura ever since kind of thing. And so they, when the guy who's searching for her shows up, it all collapses in on itself. And that's the setup, ostensibly. So there is a plot there. It's just, it's very convoluted. And yeah. it's... Uh, I think what got me was that they were like, oh, he killed the chauffeur, and then this guy shows up. I'm like, did he fucking crawl out of the grave? Like, because I thought they were calling him a it chauffeur. It wasn't clear. They didn't do a good enough job they establishing really who the chauffeur was. Yeah. Like, we don't see his face. He's a body that's just, like, thrown Yeah, so, when the, so when the only other man in the movie comes, I'm like, did he climb out of the grave? No. Like, why aren't they shocked and appalled? Yeah, because they throw him in the grave, and then we see the guy climbing out of the underbrush where his car yeah, crashed. That's and very so you're confusing. Like, what yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get where you're confused and okay, all that stuff. Okay, good. Um, that said, the torture is their fetish games that they play are really fucked up. Yeah, just um, like Roman showers anyone. Yeah, just like because at first I was like, oh my god, is this like uh, she's is it, I mean, and I know squirt is like just pee, but I thought they were going for like a weird like squirt thing, but they're like, oh yeah, piss on him, and it's like, oh okay, yeah, because it was sporadic, so I was like, oh. Maybe this was, like, ahead of its time in a backwards way. But, yeah, like, you know, riding an unconscious dude while, like, throwing up all over his face and stuff, like... Oh, I never said the sex was, like, good. No, 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 I know, I know, but that's what I mean. I was just like, what the fuck? No, the one thing is if we went um, past where we did with watching it, I think we were so burned out at this point. We were so full of ennui, so we just 
cut our losses and watch King of the Hill for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was one of those things where if we went past it, they start, their relationship, the mother-daughter collapses Good. in this fit of jealousy over the guy. And they start fighting at each other because it's so tenuous, like, what's going on between them. And the guy is so tortured by them that he snaps. And the ending is he is stalking around the mansion with a huge knife for a dick. <laughs> and um, they basically killed each other kind of thing. And mm. he's just walking around with his knife dick kind of thing. And it's just like this weird... It's... I would say this is like the ultimate precursor to the Greek weird wave. I can see that. Yeah, like definitely is. I haven't seen much of the Greek weird wave. I'm going off of Dogtooth mainly. Yeah. But it's like this reminded me of that. It feels Just like... kicked a, her off. It feels like an absolute stepping stone between the Greek flick uh, Island of Death mm. and... Um, Shit like dog teeth. <laughs> she, we should have watched Island of Death instead. That's like oh, an actual movie with no. a story, but it's got perverted sex in it. Hey. Hey, that's not my recommendation, but I'm going to just say out there, watch Island of Death. It's a video nasty, so I will obviously be covering it at some point. Gutter flicks. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like this episode is full of actual gutter flicks. Yeah, these are, these are from the gutter. <laughs> yes. Belong there, too. So at this point in our journey, our odyssey, if you will, <laughs> yes. we were so over... The idea of sex in movies. But we wanted episode 69 to be special. We wanted to do something that was very important to us. So we reached the bottom of the stack that kept growing and growing. The first movie we put in the stack that was in our mind from the very beginning. And I'm so glad we did. Because this is absolutely one of the best movies ever made. Yes. And we put on 1989's Society. Beautiful palate cleanser. <sighs> This was going to be when we were originally doing What the Actual Fuck, because this takes the idea of sex and orgies and all that stuff and just turns it on its head in the most bizarre body horror, what the Christ way. Yeah, like this is the, I want to say it was the third time I've seen this movie, and you've seen it even more than yeah. that. And we were just talking about it after how, like, even though you know it's coming after your first viewing, every time it's just like... I have mouth agape the whole time. Yeah, the you're entire just like, ending, I was oh just shocked. And it's like I, I've seen so many times because I because this is the movie I always make people watch. It's just yes. like they're like, oh, want to see a movie that you haven't seen? Watch Society. Um, yeah, I want something different. Oh, watch Society. Society. Yep, you got it. <laughs> and so I could tell you beat for beat what happens like mm -hmm. during the big shocking stuff towards the end. I could be like, and then he does this, and she does that, and this happens like beat but... for fucking beat. And I was oh. still just like, oh my Christ. Yeah, kind of just eyes glued to the screen mouth agape just like oh my god this is happening yes. and I've, I've seen it before but i still can't believe like it's that effective yeah and it's like practical effects so mm -hmm. like it still holds up it is not one of those movies that like you watch it and you're like oh that's a little antiquated like yeah. i can suspend disbelief enough to enjoy it but it's just it's it's dated it's like nope it's funny because it's, it's not the effects powerhouse that something like the transformation scene in American World in London is right. or that the thing is. Yeah. But I don't mean that as in like it's worse. No. It's it's so different and so stylized yes. that it does what it needs to do perfectly. Yes. Like and it absolutely stands perfectly. the test of time yeah. better than most. So society, what have we got? So society, we are in the homes of the of the wealthy and very well off in Beverly Hills, California, USA. And we're with this one family, kind of following the son in particular, who's um, high school 
you know, he's a kind of sports guy. He's running for, like, class president or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's involved in some kind of, like, school politics debate and whatnot. But you're very quickly getting the sense that there's kind of something not right about his family. And if you guess from the very beginning, he's, like, it sort of starts this preamble where he's talking to a psychiatrist and he's just like, it's fucked up. Like, yeah, he's saying my family's yeah, fucked up. Yeah, he's like, my family's fucked up. Like, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not their kid. I'm just, like... So you're like, is he adopted? Like, what's going on here? And the psychiatrist is kind of like, oh, like, just take some pills. You're fine. Everyone feels this way. It's just it's just teenage alienation. It's just, it's totally normal. So when you see the family, you start kind of being like, oh, okay, are these people just rich and rich weirdos? They look like purgers. Yeah, they do look like purgers. Um, before we continue any further, mm-hmm. I just want to point out there's going to be spoilers. Mm. This movie is available on Shudder, I believe, currently. As it should be. It might be on Prime Video. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, It is widely available on disc. So it's one of those things where it's like, do yourself a fucking favor and see this movie before you listen to the rest of this episode. If you haven't already seen it. Because the... It's a masterpiece. Where this movie goes... I've, like I said, I, I gave away the ending to someone who hadn't seen it before once because I was like, oh, I saw this bad shit movie and like it was so out of print and so impossible mm. to see that I just kind of gave it away without a second thought and I regret that decision so much because this is a movie that it will floor you if you let it. So yeah. give yourself that favor. Yes. Okay. So now that that's out of the way. Back to the family. Yeah, so they're, they're, yeah, you're just like, okay, these really rich, out-of-touch weirdos who just, like, communicate in weird ways, like, with their word choices and stuff, or you're like, or is there actually something going on here? And, yeah, you start to see, it's not just in their, their mannerisms and stuff, you start to see some weird shit, like when um, the main character goes into, he's just, he wants some, some suntan lotion, because he's going to go to the beach with his girlfriend, goes um, into the, like, bathroom to get it. His sister's having a shower, and it's, like, all frosted and everything, so, like, you know, he's not peeping her or anything. But you can't help but notice that as she's standing there in front of the door, her, like, you can see the outline of her body, and it's fucked up because you see her ass, yeah, and then you look up and you see her tits. And her face. Yeah, and her it's face. It's like the top half is put is, on backwards. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, what the fuck? And he's like, what the fuck? And goes to look and then, you know, opens the door and she's like, what the fuck? And, and she's normal. Yeah. She's normal. And he's like, oh, but I didn't mean, like, what? And you're like, well, what would anyone have done? But like, oh, so yeah, it's and then and then the, yeah, there's the the ex boyfriend who yeah Blanchard like, Blanchard yeah he's like, I need to talk to you and they kick his ass out and so he thinks so there's something going up with that and it's just it's fucking weird yeah so you're, it's, it's just unsettling you're like oh I don't know what's going on here so when he's at the beach Blanchard pulls him aside yes and this is after because the the sister was going was having her coming out party yeah. What, you know, the sort of debutante type kind mm-hmm. of thing. And she's like, I know, it's it's so silly. I've already been dating for three years because the brother can't make it because of, the, like, the debate or whatever. So it's like... So he's he's not privy to sort of what's going on, but he has an idea of what's going on. And so, yeah, Blanchard pulls him over at the beach and is like, you have to listen to this. I put... A, I bugged your sister. I bugged your sister's earring know, in your like, parents' car. I put an audio, uh, an audio thing in your in your parents' car that was going to be activated when they started it, and I also put one in your sister's earring. It's like you bugged my family. Yeah, like he's pissed and understandable. He's like, no, you need to listen to this shit. And the recording is fucked up, like because it, it's like the mom. Oh, I remember when my um, my coming out party. She's like, so you really mean I can fuck anyone? They're like, yeah, yeah. And the dad's like, yeah, you know, you start with someone your own age. 
And then everybody starts copulating. Yeah. And, and then it'll be with your mother and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? Because you're like, okay, maybe it's an orgy, whatever. But then, but yeah, but when it gets to like, and your mother and I, you're like, no. And then you start hearing mm. these weird sounds, and then you like hear someone screaming. You hear someone who's like, what's going on? He's like, oh my god, and screaming. And happens. squelching, and like fucking sounds, and moaning, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So, so our our main character, who's convinced that his his he's not really part of his family, is like, okay, there might be, I might have a point here. Yeah. And. Yeah, shenanigans ensue. He tries to show this the psychiatrist to show I'm not crazy. See, I'm not crazy. But when the psychiatrist brings him back to listen to the tape, he's like, "Listen, it's normal." They're like, "I remember my coming out party. You really mean I can dance with any guy I want?" Yeah, that's right. You get to dance with someone in your own age, and then everybody will get to watch, and it'll be really beautiful. And oh, I wish my brother could make it. Oh, sweetie, well, you know we're so proud of your brother. And yeah, it'd be really great if he could. And he's just like, "What is this? This is bullshit!" And calls Blanchard to get. He's I need another copy of the tape. Guess who dies in a really bloody car accident on the way to meet our main character. Yep. So, like, there's a conspiracy happening. Yep. Even the police aren't letting him, like, at the scene. He's like, oh, no, I knew this guy. No, no, you can't. Like, I'm going to kick your ass if you try to do anything here. So, yeah, it's 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 weird. Mm-hmm. There There is, like, some, like, they live level of shit happening. Yeah, absolutely. Clearly. That's a good, that's a good draw. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, his family's kind of pushing him into... Going take, to that party. They, 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 they keep saying, it's like, you need to take your rightful place in society. You'll be such a good contribution to society. And it's like, they're pushing him to run for class president. They're pushing to him to go to the rich kid's party. Yes. Um, he ends up ditching his girlfriend for this uh, sort of, like, upper crust woman that he mm-hmm. meets. She's, like, sort of a bit off and strange and mysterious. But she's definitely a status symbol in yes. a lot of ways. And so... His family is almost trying to goad him into being like them by mm-hmm. saying, like, you'll make such a great contribution to society. And, oh, daddy, how does that work out? <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, he gets with the girl and things are weird. Want me to piss in your tea? Yeah. You're he's weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just like real class act there, Clarissa. Okay. Yeah. So like, the movie kind of continues on this track. Of just of, like, weird. weird, weird shit happening, and he's convinced things are wrong. Like, um, this sort of, like, snooty kid at the school who he kind of makes fun of for being so uptight and, like, proper and all that stuff, says he knows what's going on and asks, uh, the main guy, what's his name? I keep forgetting. Billy. Oh, I said the last name's Whitney. Billy, yeah. Billy. Okay, yeah. Um, Bill. Bill he keeps Bill asking Roy. Bill to, like... He says to meet him at night in the park. And so Bill makes his way out there only to find him with his throat cut. Yeah. And so he runs off to get the cops. And when the cops come back, the car's different. A different car is parked there. And there's just junk inside. No no blood to be found. And uh, the cops are just like, how dare you waste our time? You fucking rich kids are all the same and all that kind of stuff. And, like, the cop is decide to, like, threaten him out of getting help by saying something along the lines of, next time you see us, you're really going to regret it kind of thing. Yeah, like, this is, like, conspiracy level of gaslighting happening. Absolutely. Like, it's, you're just like, what? And um, things have been going so hard for Bill and he's gotten so, like, deranged by it that, like, when he's doing his class president speech, he talks about how the guy who we saw with his throat cut is his competition in the class presidency thing. He won't be showing up tonight he show because up tonight he's dead. He's dead. He was murdered. And then the guy walks on stage perfectly fine. He's like, oh, sorry, traffic. Ha ha, car wouldn't start or whatever. He's got car troubles. Yeah. Because um, he's like, he's never late. Attendance records all throughout yeah. school. Like, So all these fucked up things are happening. 
And when he goes home, he sees his parents and, like, the, I don't know, like, the judge, I think, and, like, his psychiatrist. They're all there, and he's like, it figures I should see you and you people all here together, like, all these important people and mm-hmm. all these people who are so instrumental in Billy's life in that kind of way that he's finding so weird. And they pin him down and inject him up with uh, some kind of knockout drug yeah. and hospitalize him. Yeah. He escapes from the hospital and finds his Jeep conveniently parked out front. Well, because his buddy's there. His, his, been, yeah. Yeah, and his buddy's just like, doesn't this all look too convenient? Yeah, like, it's, it's a you setup. Go kind of thing? It's a setup, right? Like, his buddy who isn't in on whatever's going on. Yeah, but he's been noticing some weird shit, too. He yeah. saw the dead kid. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, no, there's something fucked up happening yeah. here. So, uh, Billy decides to hop in the Jeep and go home. And that is where this movie goes into straight up what the fucks bill mm-hmm. because it was a setup indeed it was the original premise for this movie apparently is that it turns what? out the rich people were all devil worshipers and they were like worshiping satan for their riches which actually is funny because there's a very popular recent movie that does that exact <laughs> plot but this one um, yeah with involves like human sacrifice yeah and, yeah. and it's yeah. like okay that's fun but that it's not that crazy of a twist. No. You know, it's just like, that's kind of what I would expect almost kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, thank goodness, when Brian Yuzna got a hold of this, and when he was making it, they changed it. He's like, I got a way better idea here, guys. And holy just shit, hear me do out. they ever. Yes. And that includes bringing on effects wizard Screaming Matt George, who did the monster designs for the movie Freaked, Hell yeah, which we covered did. earlier. And that's very instrumental in this final sequence, because you see a lot of that Freaked kind mm-hmm. of, like, influence. Or I guess this is pre-Freaked. So you see the society influence in Freaked. Yes. Um, turns out that all the rich people aren't human. Which was where that sort of, like, they live kind of thing comes in. Yeah. But beyond that, it's not that they're just living among people. They are, like feeding off of them yeah like they like i think the bully guy who's there says don't you know billy the rich have always sucked off the poor like you and then like this long extendable tongue comes out of his mouth as he licks his face yeah it's very it's, like sexualized it's yeah. very because yeah i mean it's, it's horny they all get naked and like but yeah that's just stuff, it they're like, throwing giant sex orgies and it is coded as sex kind of thing because mm-hmm. you know they talk about how they're going to fuck, they're going to copulate, they always have sex, and, like, they throw these grand orgies. But this is where the what the actual fuck yeah. part comes in. Cause, and also, and then that's where you see, like, the, the parents with, with the daughter, Jenny, and they're like, oh, yes, we derived yeah, a great break. deal of pr- pleasure from her. And, and they're just, like, feeling her up, and she's smiling along. And, yeah, actually, as the orgy commences, which we'll get to in a second, the mother, father, and sister all break away they get so to hot go and bothered. Have, a, have a little three-way upstairs. Yeah. So there's this fucked-up incest tone, but it's almost like, to them, it's not even a, like incest like that it's just what they do it's just yeah because rich people do what the fuck they want yeah rich people just they're very libertine almost. yes they live yeah. by different rules yeah but this orgy they get billy in like this like dog catcher's noose thing like mm-hmm. like you know like the snare on the wire on the yeah. stick and they pin him down and of course it's the cops doing it and they'd said like next time you see us you're gonna really hate it kind of thing it's gonna be bad news for you um, but then they also bring Blanchard in, who it turns out isn't dead. Yeah, even though they went, because they, the they went to his funeral and they saw the body there, but when they touched yeah. it, it like collapsed and they're yeah. like, oh, they must have had to do a lot of reconstruction work. Like, ooh. Yeah. Um, We're but just it's one go. of those things where it made, at first when I was watching it this time, I was just like, 
you know what? When you know what's coming, so many of these plot points don't make sense. Like, why would they do this? Why would they do that? But then they explain it, of course, and this where it's like, it's part of the hunt. Yeah. They're all like, ah, yes, I love the thrill of the hunt. Mm-hmm. And the thrill of the shunt. <laughs> um, and so they were setting him up just to fuck with him because yeah. it's, it's a psychological hunt. They want to really break him down yeah. and fuck with him before they shunt him. And yeah. the shunt is the main attraction of their orgy. Yes. And they bring uh, Blanchard out as an appetizer. Yeah. And so they start eating him in as they're uh, like, they get, because they get him all naked and they're, they're all like, oily and horny and whatever and then they start, as they start eating him it's I don't like think eating is cool like, like they are feeding su- on him but yeah. it's like like it, but it, it's, it's not, not even it's not, even, it's it's not, not cannibalism, cannibalism eating it's like parasitic like what you would imagine how a, a spider injects something with yeah. its digestive fluids and then sucks its insides out like they're like rubbing all over him and he's getting all oily and then there's this shot of i think it's his ass but it might be one of the random people's asses where the hands feeling it and the fingers just go into the butt like it becomes gelatinous and and then and then the faces like their faces have these suckers that like yeah like their faces are elongated with like sinew and tendons as it's attached to his body and they're and melding into it. him yeah it's it is it's body insane. horror distilled. Yeah, it's so fucking wild. Just, and, and all the people that are doing that, they're merging into each other yes, at the same time, Yes, they're becoming time, this right? monstrous conglomerate yeah. of, like, flesh and goo. And yeah. and so Billy freaks the fuck out. And he runs upstairs trying yeah. to escape. And his psychiatrist follows him, and his face is all distorted. Like, he has that huge, like, Joker smile kind yeah. of thing going on. And he's cracking all these dumb jokes and stuff like that. And it's like, hey, Billy, need a hand? And his head has turned into a giant hand. Yeah. And this is so freaked. So freaked. <laughs> it's so freaked. Um, so Billy runs into a room to escape. And he sees his mom sitting on the bed with covers over her. But she's sitting up normally, it looks like. But under the covers, where her legs should be, are these two men's arms. Yeah. And she gets out of bed, and her legs are men's arms, and she's a torso on top of it, with her head at the top. And Billy falls over, stumbling, and she just walks up like that, walking on the hands for feet. And when gets close, um, her sister... Jenny. Jenny, his sister's face, comes out of the mom's crotch... And just, like, says, like, if you have any itable fantasies, now's the time to indulge them, Billy. And licks his face. <sighs> and then as this is happening, there's a movement on the bed. And the dad comes out from under the covers. Because earlier in the movie, Billy says, Dad, you're a real butthead. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, butthead. And so what we see is the dad is bent over. It would be his taint is on <laughs> full display. Except there's no taint. It's his dad's face. Like, his head is his own butt. And he's just like, well, son, you were right. I really am a butthead. <laughs> Hey, Billy. <laughs> and it's just like the most fucked up what the Christ of so my watching. Freaked. So Billy runs out and he gets captured again because he's so freaked. He runs right back into the psychologist, the snare, and he's like, brings him back down. Meanwhile, Blanchard is getting consumed. He, what is, they say, he's like, hey, he's nice and pliable now, judge. And so the old judge walks up, and he just, like, looks at him, and he's like, oh, a beauty mark, and sees the mole on Blanchard's cheek. And he says, like, well, Blanchard, it's time to get to the bottom of things. And by that, he shoves his fist up Blanchard's ass, and it goes all the way through his body until his hand comes out of his fucking mouth, and he stretches into this weird monstrosity. And the effects, um, it's funny, they said when they were designing this, they were trying to base it on Salvador Dali paintings, they nailed it. I can see it. They yeah. fucking nailed it. Because you got your, your melting giant... clocks. You got your melting people. Yeah, they're just melted in this huge monstrosity while this, like, fucking 
drunken Sweaty, played music like, is going over and yeah. they're just like pouring champagne into his distended mouth as the hand is like folding his head into itself kind of thing yeah it's insane mm-hmm. it's absolutely insane yes it's so good though it's so um, <laughs> they finally detach from each other and the uh, judge guy is just like, I'm getting too old for this. And then he notices that Blanchard's beauty mark is now on his own face. Yeah. Like, he, like, absorbed him, and now Blanchard is a part of all of them. Like, they, they absorbed him. They fed Yeah, like, they are parasites. And then um, they're about to do the same to Billy when he fights back against the bully guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the jock Chad of a character, right? And they refer to it as a slave uprising. Yeah. They're just like, oh, look at this. This is so quaint and novel. So everyone gathers around as they're going to get into, like, a, a ad hoc, like, impromptu boxing match. And, like, they're all like, oh, isn't this charming? He thinks he can fight back. And we get this fight between them. And, and Billy's getting his ass kicked. Billy is getting his ass kicked. Like, he's got to have so many concussions. <laughs> and then the bully's just like, it, it's it's over. Now, now you're going to get what you deserve. And he reaches in and kisses him. And then his face starts stretching as he starts joining on to Billy's face. But Billy grabs his hand and bends it yeah, around. Yeah, because they, they, they're like, it's your turn, son, to do the shunt. Yeah. And it's just like, he's as he's getting ready to shunt, um, mm-hmm. the bully guy's getting all pliable and weird, yeah. right? So um, Billy bends his arms away and then fucking fists him in the ass, like punches up between his legs and puts his arm all the way through until his fingers come out his eyes and his eyes flop out. His thumb comes out his mouth and he grabs his face from the inside and pulls him inside out. And, and it's like wriggling worms and rot inside. And you're just and like, we get Bleh. shots of his naked body on the ground inside out with like the legs sticking out of his ass kind of thing. And it's like, <laughs> this is the most batshit movie I've and ever And it just looks like, like ground beef and worms and yeah. rot. And it's disgusting. It's beautiful. It is. It is so beautiful. Good. It is so, but it's disgusting. And this whole sequence in this whole movie is basically a class struggle. Yes, it's, it it's is such a class thing, which is why on Twitter I said that this would be a good double feature with Parasite. Yeah, because as we're watching it, we're like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I love that it shows the richer class as inhuman. Like, it's yeah. the kind of thing where it's just, like, they abuse the poor and feed off them to the point where they don't even regard the, the like, it's almost like they don't even think of the poor as humans, but we know the poor are human, yes. and the rich, by extension, have then themselves become They've, like, transcended humanity. Yeah, they're, they're just, like... Like, rather than being subhuman, they're, like, greater than human. It's like they live. Right? It's, like it's like that like, fucking, like, Ubermensch kind yeah, of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But they're literal alien-like monsters. And, and they are literal, like, parasites. Yeah, it's so fucking good. It's, yeah. And um, they and they have class consciousness and class solidarity. Yep. In sucking off the poor, yep. as, as our, our good friend put it. The movie ends with a fantastic theme song. It's based on the some, like, fucking fancy-ass college, like the Eaton Rowing Club song or something <laughs> like that. It is... The best song in the history of time. I think I will have to put it at the end of this podcast mm-hmm. because it's so fucking good. The lyrics are, and they're just so uh, on point. So, society, highly recommend. It waits for us. It waits for you. Yes. Now, this is the point when if I had a soundboard in front of me and I was like a bad drive time morning radio DJ, I'd hit a button and go, bum, 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 or like throws a sound at you and be like, it's that time in the show where not only do we get gay, but we read into things, yes! which we do so we much. We are on our bullshit. This movie is all about class. 
but I pretend it is also about the evils of heterosexuality. <laughs> this is how I read it this time. Okay, so what we've got is the alien society monsters, their heterosexuality. And we see heterosexuality as a monstrous construct by how they they fucking, like, they think they're supreme, that they're the ideal and everything else is below them. And they can fuck anything, and when they do so, they consume it. Yes, but when we are, when you it. exist outside of that, when you're queer, you kind of see it for the monstrousness that it is. Yes. And so that's Billy. Billy is in the closet kind of thing. And it's so wild how much that shows up in the movie like mm-hmm. like billy's having a hard time with his girlfriend like he's checked out he doesn't really care and he's almost being teased for his difference differenceness and one of the big uh teases on him is the blow-up doll the sexualized yeah. blow-up doll in his jeep and it's just like okay so i could see that being used to bully a gay person like oh you don't like chicks kind of thing yeah and he's being seduced by the uh, rich woman. Oh, like we didn't say she's actually one of the society monsters, but she doesn't tries to help go him escape. Home, but she tries to help him escape. Yeah. But um, at first, he's enamored by her, kind of thing. But he says, "You're weird. You're so strange. This is so odd." And then later, when she tries to use his, her charms on him, he's just like, "This won't work on me anymore." Yeah, and this he is like when uses he's distance. That. He's like phrase yeah he's removed from the heterosexual yeah. normalcy well even even when they are in bed like it, it's never really it like they're fucking and you you don't really ever get the sense if he orgasms or not like, well that's finishes the other it. thing about it is because when he accidentally walks in on his sister in the shower sees her her body is so distorted and weird it's yeah. almost like he's looking at femininity through the window through the looking glass and it's fucked up it's yeah like, it's it's this monstrous is, it's horrifying this is monstrous i can't get into this and then when he's hooking up with clarissa um, her body's folded similarly in the bed where her legs are coming out backwards kind of thing yeah. under the covers. And, and it just he, looks like, all fucked up. you know, jumps off the bed all like, oh my god, what the fuck was that? Yeah. So yeah, like this, yeah, the idea of like the feminine body as this like monstrous scary mother, monstrous yeah. thing that's like, oh no, I like if I get too close to it, is it going to destroy me? Yeah. It's, it's threatening. It's scary. It's unknown. And then when he's faced with society at the end, a.k.a. heterosexuality, which society, heterosexuality, we live in a heteronormative society, Mm -hmm. so it makes sense. He's going to be absorbed by it if he lets them. Like, it is going to subsume him, feed off him, destroy him. He will no longer be his own awesome queer self. He's going to be, like, absorbed into society. Mm -hmm. So he has to fucking fight back, and he does. Mm -hmm. And Clarissa, who is actually outside with him, she definitely has her foot in both worlds. Yeah. She represents bisexuality. Hey. And I say this is like definitely in the movie. Like I'm not just reaching. This is a hundred percent fact in the movie because her mom, her hair is dyed to look like the bisexual pride. Her fry. weird fucking her mom. Her weird who fucking just like mom eats hair. with her who eats hair, her own hair, and has the blue stripe and the pink stripe, and True. it's like, uh, you know, bisexual, bicon. And so <laughs> That's obviously what's at play here. I'm not reaching in the littlest bit. No. Everything I've said is canon. Yeah. And that is why Society is a fantastic queer film. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> in this essay, I have argued. No, Society is the ultimate class consciousness thing, and I like how much At least it of li- the 20th century. Yes. And I like how much it lines up with a queer reading if you want to give it one. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's... It fits. It's a stretch, but it fits. <laughs> it does. Much like the characters in this movie, it's a stretch, but it fits. <laughs> yes. Oh, fuck. Okay, I love this movie. It is so good. And that was our journey. In trying to come up with the perfect episode for episode 69, 
we almost I almost disillusioned myself with cinema itself. <laughs> yeah. It was um Yeah. Had a dark night of the soul. Yeah, absolutely. I realized I love sexploitation movies. I love movies that are controversial, are extreme, do all kinds of bad shit things. And I'm not really I wouldn't say I'm a prude or anything like that, but at the same time when you look at it through this lens and you just pile it on, it reaches a point where it's just like I don't care. Yeah. I don't fucking care I'm just so fucking dead inside and just so numb and just, like, get me out of here. I'm gonna throw on an I Hate Sex record just because the name of the band fucking speaks to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man. Like, I would say that Knife and Heart was such a good movie, Mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that we watched it. Me too. And we ended on such a strong spot. Oh, yeah. Classic. There was a struggle. Like, there was. There was a struggle. And there was a struggle in an existential sense, in a just, like, time. Like, I, do I spend more of my life watching this, or do I just cut my losses? I'm usually not one to bail on a movie. I'll usually see it through to the bitter end. I'm glad that we bailed twice on this one. Yes. Just because, like, I, I think I would have deleted the podcast from the internet <laughs> if I had gone all the way through, if I'd watched three hours of Caligula and then two hours of Singapore it would just It would just make me hate the podcast because that's the only reason I was doing it. Yeah, exactly. We don't need that resentment, so... No, we, we don't we, need that negativity in the year of our Lord, 2020. Yeah, exactly. It's 2020, the year of uh, taking care of ourselves. Yes. But... That was it. That was the, uh... That was the saga. It concludes. Yeah. Fuck. I guess, uh, it's not quite concluded, because we do have some recommendations. Our epilogue. Our epilogue, yeah. This is the post-credit sequence. This is when, like, fucking Thor and the Incredible Hulk are just, like, sucking each other off at a diner, and then, like... like, hinting at the next movie. And then Deadpool shows up, and you're like, is Deadpool in the next one? And he's just like, I love the shunt, and then he shunts Wolverine, and it's just such a good epilogue. Such a good post-credit sequence. Um, No, okay. uh, I went first last time, so why don't you let us know, what are you recommending this week? I will recommend a horny movie that I can actually stand behind. It's been, like, five years since I've seen it. No, sorry. It's coming up on, like, seven years since I've seen it. Holy shit. Because it would have been 2013, so... It was for that class. It was for that class. Always bring it up. It is... So there are a few movies with this name, so it is specifically David Cronenberg's Crash... From, was it 96? 96. 96. Yeah. I remembered that shit. Um, that one is another, well, yeah, going back to that whole sex and violence thing, it's like people who are horny for car crashes and yeah. love to fuck mm-hmm. in car crashes. So. This is such a weird movie, but I is. really. Uh, fuck, it's so good. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's fucking weird. It's so. one of those ones that I think it was kind of like dragged a lot when it first came out. Like, um,. People couldn't handle it. And then people, like, They weren't enlightened enough. They also compared it to, like, Cronenberg's earlier movies, because it's not a horror movie in the same way that, like, his body horror stuff. Right, yeah, it's But it's definitely... It is a body horror movie, absolutely. There's some horrifying stuff happening in bodies. It's almost a a realist version of a body horror movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Without taking the fantasy element away. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just recontextualized as, like, sexual fantasy. Yeah, I think that's a really good... really fucked up way. Yeah. It's uh, a great recommendation. I oh, definitely want to rewatch it. I think that I I've said it. this before, but when we get to our brain fart festival and we <laughs> cover the movies that we should have covered, Crash will be in there because we didn't cover it in our car crash episode. Yeah, I still will never forget sitting there recording it, looking up behind you, seeing the Crash poster on the wall and being like, 
Fuck. We forgot a movie. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think we're saving that for when we hit a week where we just do not know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. We'll do our brain fire festival. We'll do a little recap of, like, okay, here's what we should have covered, but we, the brain worms were a little too powerful that week. A little Those too weeks. powerful. <laughs> ate a few too many holes between too many neural connections exactly <laughs> no, good recommendation cool my recommendation is a movie that you described only as cursed um <laughs> yeah it's one of the most it is it's I absolutely ever cursed. seen um but i gotta recommend it it's yeah you do it is for this episode uh, you have to recommend it frank hen and lauder so you know the genius who brought us basket case brain damage and frank and hooker it is his most recent i think or it's it's definitely a post-2000s movie by him it is bad biology from 2008 this is basically a match made in hell this is (laughs) what do you get when a woman with a hyperactive vagina with a thousand clits inside of it that always like kills dudes when she fucks them and then she gives birth to hyper mutants because of her fucking powerful womb like you know within like 20 minutes of doing the deed kind of thing what happens when she meets a dude whose hog is actually a monster that he has to, like, put in a giant pneumatic piston machine he's jury-rigged to masturbate just to quench his, like, dick's insatiable thirst while watching low-grade pornography on a projector and, like, the whole room shaking as it's going? Like, it looks like the final project in the woodworking class from fucking hell. Like, it's... <laughs> It's, From like whatever the, the the lowest biggest circle of hell is. Yeah, it's 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 like a step. It's like hell to that. It's yeah. like that's own hell. And I laid that out for you, and the movie goes places. Like it's not it, it's that, and then it still goes places. Um, it's crass. It's supposed to be crass. Yep. It is goofy, and it is in a lot of ways cheap in a way that I wouldn't say is bad, but, you know, it's a low-budget indie, what-the-fuck kind of thing. From a 2000s. Dude, yeah, from a dude who's just, like, kind of... It is it is a bit of a return to form, I'd say. Mm, like, that's yes. for sure. So, and it is cursed. It is cursed. Yes. So, that is my recommendation. I, I uh, second that recommendation. Cool, cool. Fuck. We did it. We, <laughs> we made survived. It. We survived. So um, I know this is a bit of a strange episode, but making this episode was a strange episode in our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess there's not much else to say except, you know, take it easy and do something wholesome. 